This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Department of Homelander Security, the officially unofficial podcast for the boys on Amazon Prime Video. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about the season finale, season two, episode eight, uh, titled What I Know. Aaron, what do you know about the season finale of the boys? This season finale has made me into kind of a rabid fan of the boys. Um, I liked it in season one. You know, it's a lot of fun, had some shocking stuff. I have grown to like it even more in this season. And I was wondering, well, what are they going to do? What what are they going to do at the end of the season? You know, I felt like I was looking for something a little bit more apocalyptic, I guess. But honestly, this delivered interesting stakes and crazy kind of storytelling possibilities and just like some epic, like pump your fist moments. Um, it it's like it's been like since Breaking Bad that a show this consistently um, swinging for the fences, a lot of fun, but also it, it's 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 got these amazing scenes that are as well acted as anything. Like Carl Urban, holy shit, he is so good in this episode. Um, that that they they have these like amazing performances, but it's also just extremely fun and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really hits that kind of same kind of Breaking Bad adrenaline, and I it's 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 kind of joined the expanse as n- one of my new favorite shows that like I am a buzz to watch the next season. What do you think? Huh? Amazon pumping pumping out not a lot of content, yeah, not like Netflix levels of, of volume of content, but quality right now. They got the gyms, yeah. Uh, th- yeah, I was gonna say this. You know, if this has made you a rabid fan of the boys, this has made me a rabid fan of Carl Urban. Because holy shit, I mean, I I've never seen an actor give a look like he gives when Ryan kills Becca at the end of this thing. I I, I, I can't even describe it. It's like murderous, uh, sorrowful, uh, resigned. I, I it's. It's everything that that moment needed and more, and it blew me away. Um, yeah, he's he's so fucking good. Like you know, you see him as as uh, McCoy in as Bones, right in in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And you think, wow, this guy able to do a very good McCoy here, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of put him on the map for me because I am not the world's biggest Lord of the Rings fan. I barely remembered he was in it. Um, sure, but that's the thing that like I was like, okay, Car- Carl Urban, I know the name now. This thing mm. is what puts him on the map for me as as an actor mm. to watch. Like in the future, I will I will go in going, oh, Carl Urban's in this, awesome, I'm in. He's capable of anything. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm super impressed with both his range and just the intensity he brings to a role like this. Yeah, it's because I've seen him bring this intensity and in like you know Judge Dredd. He's very intense, menacing right. character. I was gonna say like Carl Urban's been in my map for a while, my I map book for a while, that. but I I'll forgive you if he's just bones to you. Uh, but like I've never seen him put it all together, and the fact that this crazy, stupid, silly show, transgressive show, is what's really 
um, getting the full potential out of Carl Urban is, uh, I mean, I'm, I, it's unexpected, but I'm, de- I'm delighted. Yeah. Uh, and this episode yeah, is they're... great. Um, the way they use him, the, the climactic battle, I think, you know, you mentioned like, oh, it's not the apocalyptic level, like showdown that you want to see, but also it's season two, right? And season three has already been greenlit. Uh, we might get more after that. Let's just cool. it. It's like when, you know, Homelander does the laser vision on the crowd and then yeah. they, they cut back and, and that's actually just a fantasy. I was disappointed, but I understand like they can't pull out all the stops just yet. Even even it, which is weird to say in a show that pulls out as many stops as the boys does. Th- they yeah. got to save something right for the, the finale still, of the series. They're keeping a couple stops in reserve, but they're showing yeah. that they know where they they the, the, that shows me that the show knows that it knows what we where we want it to go. Absolutely. And is, is not above teasing it with us. And that final stop um, when they pull it out is going to be like blowing up the Hoover Dam. Yeah, and I didn't like I didn't I was expecting something like okay, Starlight's got powers generated by energy, Stormfront generates energy for her powers, there's going to be some kind of like, you know, probably I was envisioning some kind of lame X-Men fight where they're kind of like, you know, orbiting powers of clouds and like having like some <laughs> kind of powers Dragon Ball clash Z. in the center and they exactly, push back and forth right? either way, yeah. Sure, Harry Potter priori and <laughs> Cantum I didn't expect the three super women to show up and just curb stomp, just just bully kick the Nazi bitch oh in a ring. Oh my god, how cathartic but it, is that? But it felt so good when it was happening. Yeah. I, it, Boys is giving us just, exactly what we want in this moment. It was it was like the end of that Rick and Morty episode where uh, Rick and Summer roid up and kick the shit out of Satan, and then they yeah. just go on like they just beat up every person you kind of <laughs> want to see beat up in society. X going with DMX player. It, it's yep. it's one of those scenes that felt good, and yeah, there's there's a lot of like really fucking Shakespearean drama going on, but then you also have this girls bullying this nazi uh-huh. uh girls get it done girls do. g- girls get it done at the end of the season for sure uh i and loved they, it and they I, set up next season really well you know like the boys it seems like the boys are all going their separate ways for the most part um huey now has this job in uh congresswoman newman's uh campaign i guess for her re-election sure, yeah uh, who she's secretly evil too? It turns out. Kinda. Yeah, it turns out she's the one blowing up heads. I it's it's gonna be an interesting season three, especially since like I didn't I didn't I didn't quite see this vulnerability in Homelander, but it all tracks. Yeah, like he is not sure he's ready to give up the worship. Mm-hmm. Like, what would he be without that? And leaving him in this pathetic state of jerking off on uh, and and blowing his load over all of Manhattan, I guess from uh-huh. the what is that the spire of the Empire State Building? That's such that's a shot you've seen a million times. Batman silhouetted against the moon, Superman standing keeping watch over the city. This guy just jerking it frantically, <laughs> trying to salvage what's left of his manhood and relevance. Yeah. Uh, what a great place to leave the care. He's no less dangerous. Uh huh. But like you know, that, that's that's comeuppance. Uh, pardon the the pun. Far more unhinged though, like that that look on oh, his face. Yeah. I mean, you know, Carl Urban knocking out of the park. Anthony Starr d- destroying it too. Um, yeah, I got lots of praise Queen, for Anthony Starr. Queen Maeve. Uh, I'm not sure what the actor's name is, but she's uh-huh. got a scene where she is fan fucking tastic. Yeah, it's so good. 
yeah, no, I, I this this is uh this this show is really really showing me a lot this season, and I'm I'm super super happy. I'm I'm sure I haven't I kept up. I'm not sure if this has gotten renewed for a third season. It has, yeah. Okay, I can't imagine it won't because yeah. like it's it's it just judging from the numbers it does on Twitch, uh, the live watching. It's a single handedly put the Twitch live watch on the map, the Twitch the the Twitch watch party. Yeah, yeah. Which plug by the way we do every Sunday night. Uh, no mm-hmm. longer with the boys because it's off the air, but you know we still have fun on Sci-Fi Sundays. It's I, I think this has done bonkers numbers for them. Um, I don't know if we're going to do a, a wrap up, a season wrap up. It might depend on how much feedback we get. So send in to DHS at baldmove.com if you want to help encourage us. But one thing I'd like to talk about is like there's a lot of hue and cry about whether they should have binged this whole thing or released it one episode at a time. Just got judging by how much more engagement this has got as the season progressed, I've watched the numbers grow on the subreddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen this thing build momentum on on the Twitch watch parties. I gotta think that it it this is kind of like a a a a, a, a piece of evidence you can point to that like yes the binge might be individually the best choice for a diehard fan that building the brand. Um and and getting it to mo- having this being relevant for two months out of the year has has done a lot for it. I think absolutely. I mean this this has gotten more buzz than Stranger Things got last year. Um, when it aired, it's you know hundred fiftieth season. Uh, I I I think like this is the clear way to go if you want people to talk about your show for uh an extended period of time, uh, and mm. not it and you know. That's fine when you're Netflix, I guess, and you got the volume, like I said earlier. Uh, if if you want people to move on to the next thing every week, uh, I guess, right. yeah, release everything as a binge, and, and they'll be off your biggest show in a week or two maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If, you, if you want people to realize, hey, no, we actually have some big stuff over here and get people's attention, uh, I think releasing in, it in weekly form is the way to go. Like, it's just... It gets everybody talking about it. The community can form around it. And, you know, if you don't have that much volume to put out there, that's the way you should do it. Yeah, I hope I, I hope that's the way they do it with uh, The Expanse, because yeah. um, depending on when it drops, like we might have the time to do a weekend binge like we do with the Netflix stuff. But like, boy, it's just a lot more fun and you can have, you know, it's something I look forward to because, um, you know, we had the screeners, but I never got more than a week ahead of everybody. And like it was something like as soon as I recorded The Last Boys, oh, I can I can do the new I can watch the new one. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been a lot of fun um, where if, I don't know. I don't know if it ever felt like a chore because th- this this season's been a lot of fun and it's very good. But I, I am glad that we had a little bit of time with it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see what you guys think about that debate because I know you know uh, it's funny because I think that uh, the boys has been more successful than ever, but it is b- boasting it's struggling with a two point four star rating on on Amazon because of all the people pissed off that it didn't binge uh, review bombing it. Um, but uh, I yeah I I think it's great. Sure. Uh, okay. Let's let's get into the recap. Yeah. With supply chains becoming more complex you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. 
Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Yeah. All right, we start off with a one uh, of those school uh, safety drill videos that they do, which uh, Homelander has made with sure. Ed Flanagan, some kind of, I don't know if he's a school security intent. I have no idea what he is, but some kind of law enforcement um, where they, they talk about the system of law that they've developed, which is lock all the doors and windows, arm yourselves, and wait for a hero. That's the procedure when uh, there's a super villain on campus at a school. Survival's all that matters. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it must be hard to be a kid nowadays. When I, <laughs> I did safety drills in the Midwest, it was fire, it was evacuating, tornado. and it was it was tornado. Everyone getting down into a little fetal position against the walls with no windows. Um, but you know, now they do active shooter drills, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like with little kindergartners and stuff. It's it's pretty grim shit. And, um, you know, the, I, I remember last year they made this big, uh, there's this big splash that this anti-gun group made where they did an ad where it's a back-to-school ad um, about children going back and, like, all the things they need. But then they started talking about, like, bulletproof backpacks. And then there was, like, an active shooter sit. And it's, I don't know, man. It's a fucked up part about American culture. It hasn't gotten a lot of press lately because, you know, there haven't been, you know, we've we've been blessed by not having a lot of uh, mass shootings of late but um yeah it's one of those dystopian things that it's that like it's not even kids in school right now <laughs> you know what i didn't even put that together but you're right there was for the longest time no schools to be shot up holy shit right um, we're eight but, months into that yeah it's one of those things where it's it's grim and uh it's recognizably grim it's yeah it's got a little bit of a more fucked up thing as homelander and storefront are pushing it but shit uh, survival I, is all that matters a couple of things that i took away from this uh the teachers in this in this universe have firearms in their desk uh officially sanctioned firearms to use against supervillains which strikes me as remarkably ineffective against most supervillains we've seen time and time again it doesn't sure. even work uh sure sure also you know pretty fucked up in that boy's way uh mm-hmm. and i thought it was funny both the kid who uses a whole bunch as a weapon, but maybe more ridiculous uh, and more fucked up is the kids using the the American flag flagpole yeah. as a weapon, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a spear. a spear. Sure. Oh, God. Yeah. Messed up. Uh, Wild. Next scene is the president's guy, the, the go-between uh, between, you know, this congresswoman and Grace at the, the CIA or whatever um, and the president. Jim Beaver. I want to say he's the Secretary of Defense. Okay. I think that's his official. Yeah, but Jim Beaver. Yeah, he might be. I, I never bothered to learn who he really is. Uh, so he says that the president's bypassing the FDA with a state of emergency declaration and authorizing the use of Compound V for law enforcement and first responders. Uh, Mallory and and Congresswoman Newman plead with him not to do it, but the president has made up his mind. 
Yeah, so if you feel threatened, you can just like uh, shove a vial into your, you just just like an epipen into your thigh, and, and now you've got a tentacle penis <laughs> with which to fight crime. Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm. If 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 you actually did approve this, you would have overnight what three quarters of all police officers with some kind of superpower. There's no fucking way. Yeah. No fucking way that they would pass up. Uh, I mean, uh, of, of that any, any PDs that could afford it, because apparently doses are going for five million a pop. Oh, that's um, true. That's so, true. You know, you get NYPD, you get the LAPD, Chicago PD, some some big city PDs uh, buying doses of this stuff. But yeah, yeah. I love the colonel's like uh, response of uh, you know, well, what if like, can I say this to change your mind? He's like, oh, what do you got? Filming me fucking my nanny? Release it. Uh, I like to please. get out of the shithole, get into a Fox News uh, commentator, put this put this shithole in my rearview mirror. He yeah, just, like he has yeah. no shame. He doesn't give a shit about it, hurting his family. Nothing. He's he's just disgusting. No, he knows he's got a he'll have a feathered nest to land in uh, for for his uh, efforts. Yeah, I mean it just it shows his priorities though because he's not got a feathered nest to land in with his family. Well. Unless that feathered nest is the nanny. Sounds like it might be. <laughs> what about his daughter? Just, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so then Becca is running through the woods trying to escape the compound while she's being hunted. Just a very quick scene there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go off to Annie, who is sending her mother off with some advice, and her mother sends her off with a cross necklace. I love that she's with this woman with her experiences is worried about driving in the big city. Like you just got kidnapped by an unstoppable killing machine and put into a super powered kill site. Uh-huh. But man, yeah, getting across a George Washington bridge might be a lot. Starlight's <laughs> mom better pay attention to the lane changes. And those aggressive drivers. Yeah. Watch out for the cabbies. Holy shit. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's intentional. Like, you know, this is some some uh, some mom shit that, that you're seeing. Oh yeah, um, I mean the disparity between the the soup life and you know her suburban mom life. Seems like it's a little bit of a thong in their relationship too, maybe. Uh-huh. Which I don't know how I feel about because I think Starlight's got le- legitimate reasons to be angry at her mother, and her mother has not even begun to do the work to earn that trust back. But uh, yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Frenchie's developed an EMP RPG to shut down Stormfront's plasma bolts. Uh, they're planning to blow up A-Train's heart with epinephrine. Uh, th- this whole thing is kind of in the backdrop of like, we've got a mission here, uh, and the mission is we just need to kill all the soups because that's the only thing that that works in this scenario. We've tried every other route. This is our last resort. Um, it, it felt it felt really good because Huey's doing the good guy thing like, oh, we're just super terrorists. And they're like, yeah, OK, I guess that's what we are. And it's like, well, they'll yeah. just make a thousand more. And Billy and Butcher's like, well, then we'll kill them cunts, too. <laughs> right. It's, you know, and then who was it? Was it M.M. or Frenchie that had the Wiley Coyote as uh, Wiley parable. Coyote was Frenchie. Is Frenchie. Yeah, it's like yeah. I just if you the fucker had an AR-15 meet meet no more. <laughs> yeah. Uh and it's all like I liked it like it's all good points like usually you have this shit and it's like you know it's there's one side that has the moral high ground and the others I feel like in this like you can make a case that you know what we've tried multiple times to 
law and order and go through the appropriate channels. And now it's like, nah, nah, we, we, we're down. We, we've used a soap jury and ballot boxes. It's time to break out the ammo, baby. And yeah. Huey's the only one that's kind of like standing, standing uh, his ground here. Yeah, Except after, for Starlight, After you get it to a congressional hearing uh, and the soups come in and, and blow the heads up of all the people who were overseeing Pop that, heads, what do you yeah. do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Annie, you know, um, later on she has essentially that to say, but she in this scene says, hey, I can get someone to testify, uh, and they request a day to go find that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there, I, I forgot to mention this, but back in, uh, man, they really shit on Huey so much in the show, and I find it hilarious. <laughs> back in the scene with that. Annie and her mom, uh, uh-huh. uh, Huey comes up in passing, and she's like, "Oh, that that boy with the moist handshake," <laughs> <laughs> which, God, he uses he uses baby shampoo, he's Axe body spray, a moist handshake, a moist he gets, handshake. Qualify him in this episode. <laughs> That would qualify him as a, having superpowers if he lived in the Doctor's uh, horrible sing-along blog universe. That's true. It would. Because wasn't one of the, the minor villains moist or something? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his exact name, but you're right. And I, I really love Annie calling back as she's leaving. She says, Huey, like, come on, let's go. Uh, he's he's like this puppy dog, you know, that's just following her around. And And I was looking at Huey's role at this point. What role does he have in the boys? You know, like he's not the butcher out there getting it done. He's not the connection to the soups anymore. Now Starlight is fully integrated into the boys. He's kind of worked himself into a position where he has no role. He's the canary still. Like he's the one that has them seeking a. Uh, but Beck is alternate. Now. Like, yeah. You know? it, it, she's well, dead by the end, of course. But yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> the canary died. In the coal mines in this episode, so you need a new canary. I, I think it's that. It's still he's the, yeah. the the conscious of the group, and he proved last episode he can get some shit done. He's got a little. He's got a little John Connor. Maybe he's punk ass twelve year old John Connor, not like badass Christian Bale John Connor. But he's 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 getting there. He's getting there. John yeah. Connor wasn't John Connor in from the beginning. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So then Homelander deduces that it must be Stan Edgar who blew up the heads in the courtroom. And Stormfront is excited because this is the thing they've been waiting for. Homelander questions what they do with the billions of people that get the compound who they deem unworthy. And Stormfront claims to have a solution for everything. Would it be a final solution, perhaps? Some might call uh, it that. To, to the, the question of what to do with the wrong people? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, they do something really subtle here, which I find models real life is when you get the crypto racist in the same room with the real racist, mm-hmm. um, you think it's going to be a party. And then the crypto racist are like, wait, what, what, what are you saying? And there's just a hint of that. Like, Hmm. The, 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 the Homelander hears and it progresses by the end of the episode when she just starts like essentially saying the fucking 14 worlds words and Heil Hitlering. He's like, ah, okay, enough. This is my son. But I, I, I like their kind of nodding towards that where he's, uh, you, you think he's going to go full Nazi and he pulls up, he pulls up at like 75% Nazi. Yeah. And, and, and hear me out on this. Cause it's going to sound real bad up front. Okay. But Stormfront okay. saying that Stan Edgar, is smart for his kind, which is obviously Uh her being racist, right? Uh, Sure. But it got me thinking about soups 
who might be smarter than average, like Loki from Watchmen, right? Oh yeah. Or, or sorry, not Loki. Uh, Ozymandias from Watchmen. Um, uh huh. D- and then I was thinking about your theory that Stan Edgar might actually be a soup um, that he just hasn't revealed yet. Is it possible that that is his superpower? That he's super he's intelligent? He's like a brainiac. Interesting. Or a Rich Reed Richards or Dot. Yeah. No, that could be cool. That 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 would be interesting. I thought so. Um, also, it, it might not even be, you know, now that I think about it with um, the program they've got going with Compound B, V testing it in adults uh, and trying to stabilize that. I wonder if maybe he doesn't have super intelligence yet, but eventually he could inject himself with Compound V yeah. stabilized and yeah. get super intelligent. So as smart as Stan Edgar is now, it would like yeah. really crank up the drama if we sh- if we saw it. Oh, shit. Now he's. 10 times as smart as he was, which is always tough to do in, in writing uh, right. something to, to make someone smarter than anyone who's reading or watching the right. thing. Because you have to be fair. You have to be pretty smart to write a character that seems that way. Right. No, that's a, that's a solid could, theory. You could do it in the 80s, I think, easier than you can now. Like Watchmen, you know, um, you could make a super smart Ozymandias more believable because I don't think readers um, were as savvy. And viewers were as savvy as they are now, mm-hmm. but no, that's interesting. On the other hand, it's also like uh, these uh, race, race, race scientists, race IQ people. Um, they do allow for the fact, like like Calvin Candy and, and Django, for that one in a million, like the bell curve on the other ends, like you, right. the exceptional Negro, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it it they, they that could just be her just being like, oh yeah, he's pretty clever for a black, you know, and he's only right. half black. Let's let it be known. <laughs> some white, you know, some some white or European sure. Hispanic genes in there. Yeah, it's it's all it's all horseshit, but. It's it's hard to pin him down because like there's their their worldview is unfalsifiable. So right, and then we move on to Annie trying to get at the heart of Huey's obsession with Billy Joel, and he's deflecting the entire time. Um, she she says Butcher's not wrong about the hopelessness of their situation, and Huey questions why she's helping if that's true. She says it's the same reason that he never gave up on her because he never would, you know. And which which to me is just saying like. Huey, Huey is in monster Frankenstein monster love here, <laughs> you know, mm, monster man. Sure. And I'm, I don't know if I'm it's always here. I'm always here for those kind of theories. <laughs> no, I know you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if people have we talked about how much of a monster you think Jack Quaid is uh, on I this don't show know or is that is just in our watch parties? It might be the watch parties, but I do. Yeah. Jack Quaid. I think uh, his his uh, he's got a little monster man in him. Sure. And, you know. That's not to say he's an unattractive, or people would find him unattractive. You know, people thought Boros Karloff was attractive. Uh, people fall in love with the vampire, the monster. It's got a sense that's got a certain appeal, but he's a monster man. Mm-hmm. He's a monster. Last episode, uh, he he did a full on monster man performance when uh, I forget, I forget when when uh, yeah yeah when Lamplighter burned himself. He just is sitting there on the floor, water pouring down his face. Rawr! I mean, that's. <laughs> That's Frankenstein realizes he's out of flowers to throw in the water right there. <laughs> it came out of him. The monster man came out. Yeah. So there's some monster love going on. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and then they both head over to Maeve's apartment and ask her to testify about Vaught and Homefront. She says she's too tired of being beaten down by the futility of changing things to help them. 
and they leave at her request. And man, am I underplaying this scene in that description because, you know, it, it, he, he may be a monster, but apparently he's also a twink uh, because she calls him that multiple <laughs> times in this scene. <laughs> Says I wish she could split him like dry fire. <laughs> so fucking good. Uh-huh. And just the way he reacts to it as well. There's also some subtle characterizations they've been doing with Maeve, like, you know, we didn't never saw, she started vaping mid-season, and she's moved mm-hmm. on from vaping to actual just smoking. Yeah. It, it reminds me of, uh, like, the, that uh, airport administrator from uh, Airplane. It's like, I picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. I picked the wrong day to quit snorting coke. It's like she's, as she gets worse and worse mentally and emotionally because of this insane pressure from Homelander, she is taking less and less care of herself. Yeah. Um, I, I no, a, it's a volcanic a sick, scene. Uh, I've got a sick pun, uh, a sick butcher pun that I want to make about Queen Maeve's preferences in men, but I, I'm not me. sure I can pull it off. I'm not Hit sure me. I'm allowed to I gotta say hear it. it. You can't. You, you, you want to. You want to You want to record this on a podcast or you wouldn't have brought it up. I mean, she's, so she's calling it. him a twink, which is, you know, a reference to his slender build. Uh, Butcher is a, a much bigger, I've never, bigger man. I've never seen a Twinkie Monster Man, but it could happen, sure. 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 The mummy. There I you guess, go. I guess she's just not a slender guy. She prefers Butcher. I, I, I tried. I tried. You're not even <laughs> seeing that it's a pun. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I got it. Okay. No, she likes, uh, she likes her men Butcher, sure. Sure. Uh-huh. I mm-hmm. get it. I get it. <laughs> I told you. I, I told you I couldn't pull it off A, and I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say it. As a straight white man. Yeah. um, Queen Maeve is screaming, get out. Get out on this podcast. Take your fucking twink Uh, and get out. Get get the fuck out of here, man. All right. Well done, Jim. Let's move on to the next scene. All right. Uh, (laughs) Butcher, speaking of him, gets called upstairs Mm -hmm. and lets Becca in. Uh, She tells him, they took Ryan. Yep. That's bad. Uh, yep. Great scene. It is. It's bad. <laughs> let's let's move on. Uh, the church leader, who, whose fucking name I still don't know. Do you know this guy's name? I they mentioned it twice in this episode, but I don't, he's uh, you know Elrond Junior. Yeah, Miss Miss Cavage uh, meets with Stan Edgar. He tries to talk the deep back onto the seven. Stan agrees, uh, but won't let A Train back on the team because Stormfront has problems with his race. And then A Train overhears this conversation. Um, was A Train spying or was he invited? I I wasn't sure. I assume he's spying. Yeah, yeah. He was really quick on the the move on at the end of that scene, though. Um, I I did you know Stan Esker refusing the fresca? Yeah, he says it's garbage. It's trash. Na- nasty stuff. Nasty mm. stuff. Do you think we'll ever find out what the fresca connection is? I don't know if there's anything to connect there. You know, it's just, I mean, it's gotta be mind control stuff, right? There's gotta be something like that. Maybe, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. It's tough to say because now like the church might be out of the equation. Mostly. I, I don't know if the church is going to be a thing with their leader dead and both a train and the deep out of the church. Right. Well, a train's not right. Uh, once he goes back to the seven, yeah, but. That guy dead, and I, I have a hard time thinking that A Train is interested well, in the church. I think Gretchen, I can't remember her name, the the the, the Scientology therapist. I think yeah. she might be the new church spoke leader. Good point. Uh, and A Train might be still beholden to them and drinking fresca. Um, 
Yeah. But but it is. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um wh- whether they'll continue this or drop it. It feels like they'll continue it cuz like otherwise I don't know, but yeah, it's kind of a self-contained storyline too. And as you're you're right, the deeps out of and A Train no longer needs them, really. Yeah. So uh they were both apparently using it for what it could get them, which is back Although in the I guess I guess the the the, the, the the Church of the Collective still has all the dirt on A-Train that he's definitely afraid to get out in the public, right? So That's they could true. Sink him, they could sink him with their internal research bureau yeah. if they wanted to. Good point. I um, got to know about these frescoes. That's all. I, I, I want to know about this fresco situation. All right. Season three, the, a whole episode dedicated to the fresco situation. I got to get a six pack of fresco for this, this week's uh, Sci-Fi Sunday. I just got to. Um, and they do confirm that Stormfront used to be, you know, long ago, a member, a follower of the church. Um, yeah, that's an interesting connection, too, to make. Yeah. And, and you know, that we kind of questioned that back when she said, oh, yeah, the church used to be a very different thing um, before they started letting, you know, A-Train's kind in. Um, right, right. So, yeah, there's that. And then the other boys are excited to get to know Becca and they, they gather around her. <laughs> Butcher runs over essentially to interrupt them uh, to say he's going to go dig around for Ryan. Becca apologizes for coming to him for help uh, after what she said to him. They they catch Butcher being human for a second, which I thought was a nice touch. It was cute. M.M. and Frenchie both trying to, you know... uh, treat treat the queen of the the boys like she's royalty and... and, Mm -hmm. uh, I also like Frenchie's take that I'm very close to Butcher, you know, it's it's good. It's all cute. I like it. Yeah. I mean, they, they see him or they see uh, Becca as a window into Butcher, right? Like, oh, we've got we've got this rare opportunity. Let's let's get in here and let's dig around in Butcher's sure personal business, uh, which yeah. he would never allow them into. Nope. Nope. It's, it's the same fascination of like uh, when Picard shows up with one of his girlfriends on the enterprise yeah you know like everybody from Riker on down wants to talk to her on tin ford and picard's having none of it and uh-huh. it's the same energy it's the same energy <laughs> uh and then edgar gets a, a life or death call from butcher just a very quick mm. scene there mm-hmm. uh then homelander and stormfront pick up ryan from ashley daycare he's missing his mother so they decide they're going to cheer him up with a trip to planet vaught and he likes it initially, but Homelander and Stormfront get swarmed by the crowds there, and it overwhelms Ryan, so Homelander flies him out of there. I kind of want a big homie with bacon. That sounds good. Yeah. It's probably just a mediocre. Like, you could probably get the it's, same burger yeah. at Applebee's. Yeah, it's a Planet Hollywood burger. Maybe they get uh, yeah. uh, two holes burnt through it, so you're supposed to expect, you're supposed to think the Homelander personally seared the, the, the ground beef, sure. but... Uh, uh, did you notice that Ashley's like they they had this last where she's losing her hair, but it feels like that uh, she's she's like plucking herself bald. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I wonder. I wonder if there's like a crickety ricket kind of uh, plot line going on with her, <laughs> where you're just going to see this woman's descent into physical, emotional, and mental madness. Yeah, I, I'd be cool she's with that. Lose, she's gonna lose eyes, teeth, perhaps some limbs. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Finger toe for sure. It does seem like I didn't. I didn't get this at first, but I think Homelander, he does have a genuine attachment to Ryan, right? Yeah. Yeah, for like, sure. It, maybe it's, maybe it's like a narcissistic reflection that he like wants something better for his son than he got himself. But like, 
I thought it was surprisingly with it and tender the way he got Ryan out of there and took off and then went to the place where he feels safe uh, yeah. in his little like uh, cabin of solitude uh, that he's got got up somewhere in upstate New York. Um, that's something I've been wondering all like, you know, what does he actually think about Ryan? Well, there's no one there to stop him from being a dick to him or being like straighten up and be a man. This is a bunch of pussy shit or whatever. And he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't know exactly what to do, but uh, yeah, Homelander got a soft spot for Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to more of that here pretty soon. Uh, but for now we go to Annie committing a faux pas by talking about how much she hates her mother in front of Huey. Uh, she left when uh, Huey's mother left when he was six. So she's not dead. I think a lot of us have maybe assumed that. Just like Andy I did. did. Guilty. Guilty. Yep. Uh, they used to have Billy Joel dance parties, and that's why he listens to Billy Joel and why he's so clingy. Uh, A-Train suddenly appears in the car, scaring the shit out of him. Uh, they pull over and jump out, and he gives him some paperwork that blows their minds in order to get Stormfront out of the seven. I I mean, we all kind of knew what was in this paperwork, right? Um, oh, yeah. The history of, they did of Stormfront. A, they did a great job of letting us feel smart and clever um but you know by by having a pretty obvious reveal i love that this is a i thought this was i haven't seen a lot of like huey and starlight that i've liked but they Mm -hmm. finally gotten in the last episode or two a place where you know huey's kind of gotten his own thing and uh he's doing better and i'm i was engrossed in this scene i'm like wow these guys are really like knocking out of the park and then a train just hops in shotgun it's it's so it's it's just the boy. It's just only the boys can do shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Sonic it, boom. So and he's jarring. in the back seat. And, <laughs> it and, really and they, is. They use the camera and the effects to to great effect here. Like I feel intimidated by his power. Like if he wanted to run through you, he could. You know, and nobody knows yes. that better than Huey, obviously. Right. But like his speed is intimidating. Like the physical force that comes off of him when he's close to you when he does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they do a great job with the camera and effects. Who did who had the best sonic boom in a car this week? Uh, the boys or Fargo? <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this a week. This this will be all out of chronological sync by the time it's released. True, and it, it but but yeah, for Fargo fans, the three of you that are also boys fans, enjoy. Yeah, but we're also covering that by the way. Um, and yeah, I, they're, they're doing something kind of similar here, I think. Which we'll get to here in a minute. But mm, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Fargo had the better better sonic boom, frankly. Yeah, yeah. As good as this one was, it's hard to beat the Fargo one. I, I don't know if there's something more to his mother's disappearance. Um, if there's something nefarious or just more detail that he hasn't gone into because it takes him a bit of prodding to open up here, even about that. But like, I don't know that I need more. I, I don't feel like I need more, but I also don't feel like that well is pumped dry. No, and, and great shows have these hooks. Like, not all of them lead somewhere, but it's just like, hey, you know what? Uh, what 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 this scene did is gave Huey a little bit more texture that you can attach a little bit more if you wanted to. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe there's some deep dark secret. Like, maybe he, you know, maybe he was secret. He's a Ryan type. He was secretly a soup, but you know, who knows? Yeah, um, or his why dad would his, and his mother mom had views on whether or not they were going to put him in the VOD program? Right, like, right, something like that. Yeah. And like, why would a mother who seemed like he was paying attention to the child and had a great relationship, why would she just up and take off? And also that adds a lot. It just instantly made me like Huey a little bit more because like, oh, 
you would become a stage three cling monster yeah. if at that tender age with such a close relationship, your mom just took the fuck off, gone. Mm-hmm. Like that is that's that's brutal. It's es- brutal, especially and with it, women. Like you look at how Homelander's life without a mother has affected him, right? Like, of course, Huey's going to be this clingy to girlfriends. Yeah, and like that's why I always hang in there no matter how bad it gets because I know how bad it feels when someone bounces. Like I yeah, mm-hmm. I felt like I understood a Huey a million times more than I did at the beginning of the season and it's really humanized the monster man for me. Uh so there's a good scene here with Butcher meeting Stan Edgar in a restaurant, uh offering to fix his problem by getting Ryan away from Homelander, and his price is that Becca be allowed to stay with him. And they make a deal that involves tracking Butcher's cell phone, uh, which becomes important later. There's there, there are a lot of questions answered here, um, questions that we've gone over in past episodes. Like, why would a man of the pigmentation of Stan Edgar be putting Stormfront into the position he's putting her into? And it turns out that he's doing that simply because business is business. Um, mm-hmm. And he prioritizes that above everything else and probably thinks that he has some way to can to control her too um this is told like this was well the uh a story well told in uh david simon's plot against america you know they had a prominent jewish american that thought that you know they could he could uh um be the good the good the good jew and the what was this administration uh the fucking uh not heisenberg Lindbergh, Lindbergh administration yeah um it yeah it's 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 an interesting material that resonates and john carl esposito i tell you what when he gave that that look to butcher and goes and you call me ruthless mm-hmm. because butcher's like this is psychotic behavior yeah this we is remember this about butcher like <laughs> yeah like like when we realize the full import of what he's like you think he's trying to do the stand-up thing and all this stuff but then at the end he just wants his wife back and fuck this ryan kid and he's willing to take Ryan away from her, which he knows is the thing that she wants more than him. He's willing to and, sabotage and blow up that in order to have her. And use her natural protective instincts with a lie to get her to 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 keep her under control. It's and like I said, Giancarlo, one of the most, you know, perfectly warm, friendly, funny guy mm-hmm. in real life. But he plays a lot of like cast iron fucking monsters of all time, and him him leveling that look of like uh, it's like that Starlight scene where she's like, "I don't want you to look. I don't want this accepting look from you. This like, oh right, you're the same. We're the same." He yeah, gives yeah. that the the butcher, and butcher has no defense against it. It's it's an amazing scene. It is. It is so much is is not really said. You know, um, it's all conveyed by these two excellent actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Stormfront lands at the cabin where Homelander took Ryan and tells him that, uh, he should talk to his son. He sympathizes with Ryan by telling him about the first time he was in a crowd and how terrifying it was so much so that he ran away and cried. Uh, and then he convinces Ryan to learn how to use his powers with the promise to teach him. I hate this scene because it's a moment of... Because it's a real moment with Homelander. (laughs) And I Mm -hmm. I don't say, like, I think this is a bad scene and it shouldn't have been in the show. I think it's this amazing scene that makes me feel internally disgusted with myself for starting to empathize a little bit with Homelander. 
happens, man. It's the same way I feel like when ever you see like uh, like Hitler and his like friends just kind of like laughing or just like kind of like having a human moment if he's playing with his dog. It's like the fuck you. Yeah. You don't get to play with dogs. Like right. It's, you're a monster. The uncomfortable realization they're they're also human. They always are. They're not a different. They're not a different race. They're not a different species. They're they're literally just like us. Um, maybe some screws loose. Maybe some differences in education and life experiences. But they're all human, and that's the frightening thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's also frightening because I know like this is not. The, the emotion here for Homelander is not fake, but the end goal is all just to make him Bad. into whatever he teaches. Ryan is going to just be awful. Right. There's right. nothing good he can learn from Homelander. Um, and so no. when you see this moment of of leveling with this kid, it it's disgusting, you know. But also, like, I feel bad for Ryan because... Like the, uh, the opposite of crazy is still crazy, and I think that Becca is the opposite of Homelander, and that was insane. That was probably yeah. going to fuck up him too to do that. Like you know, if he found out when he was twelve, he found out when he was twenty that his whole life is a lie, some Truman Show shit. I mean, I saw Truman Show. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It, you give Jim Carrey superpowers, it's not going to turn out well for him. <laughs> no. Um, and like what he needed some of this he needs a less psychotic version of homelander to like be there for him and to show him the ropes and to teach him how to be a superman and he also needs his mom to keep him grounded and like you know in touch with the moral he needs he needs mom pa kent and he's not going to get it um and it's just a it's a damn shame it's a damn shame for sure um, so Butcher knows where Ryan's being kept and Huey and Annie reveal to the other boys what they know about Stormfront. Uh, Butcher congratulates them, which is super fucking weird, right? Like sincerely, sincerely says, oh, great job, guys. You know, this is not the oh, all right. Well, really well done. Though, or whatever. He yeah, do, whatever uh-huh, he does. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's a, ooh, that's a bad butcher. Uh, yeah, he, he says he's going after Ryan and all the other boys volunteer to join him and they gear up. Mm hmm. It's a man. It's it's one. It's it's a great. It's a great gearing up scene too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hilarious to see Butcher in. My wife is around, and I don't want her to see me for the true asshole I am. Uh, mode. Yeah. No, no, nobody. I don't know. Nobody really reacts to this in the way that I would think they would. Though this is this is the one moment in the episode that felt a little bit false to me. And I don't know if they're hmm. reacting that way because Becca's around and they don't want to embarrass Butcher by calling out about, like how ridiculous this behavior is. This is not the Butcher they know at all. Um, oh, you think? Oh, so you think him being congratulatory and supportive is like because Becca's around? I thought that they actually did something that genuinely impressed him. Like this, this coming up with this Nazi dossier, this deep proof, like that's like out of nowhere is. I mean, yeah, but but he comes up like Huey time and time again comes up with solutions to problems that lead no, them you're not to the wrong. next part of the plan, and and he never and congratulates him. He always does this fake congratulatory, you know, understated thing. Uh, the, the only thing I thought where they're doing something intentionally is this is also the first time where like yes, Starlight and Huey came through, but they had nothing to do with it. Right, right. Like this was this was A Train's grudge and axe grinding. So they get praised to high heavens for something that just fell in their lap where all the other careful work and sacrifice they made through the season he's shitting on. Right. So like, it, it could be the white, but I thought it was also kind of like an ironic thing that like this is the thing they get credit for, the thing that just fell into their laps, literally. Yeah, that makes sense. 
uh, during this gearing up scene, uh, which is you know the the quick cuts between people sliding bullets into into magazines or whatever, um, and Huey sending emails to apparently they send this email to VNN, uh, and it uh, has the subject. News. Stormfront is a Nazi open ASAP shocker with five exclamation marks, which fucking struck me as like, is it, is that really the day and age we live in where you can't even get the attention of the news media without getting a clickbait title on your fucking email (laughs) that blows the bloody doors off of, of Stormfront's identity? Like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like the, oh God, I imagine I, I bet it's true, though. Like, Probably. I bet most newsrooms across America are like the crank file from Watchmen, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what is going to be the thing that rises to the top? And, you know, clickbait clickbait it is. Um, but but I, I noticed that same thing. And then there's kind of a, you know, the, another half to this scene, uh, which is Butcher telling Becca that she's not going with him, but she insists. And she also insists that he keep Ryan safe and get him back to her. And he swears on his brother's soul, on Lenny's soul, that he will. So all this stuff, all this careful plots of coming together. And why this scene is brilliant is because I I literally, I couldn't tell you what Butcher was going to do. Because from what I knew and from the performance Carl Urban was giving, he... He really like what I got is he understood the import of what he just did, swearing on his brother's soul. And I don't think it I don't think that Butcher is a big fan of the afterlife. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't believe. But what he really realized is this is about Rebecca's trust, the last Mm -hmm. vestiges of it. And I'm trying to get her back. And if my first act is to betray her like this after I've done this unthinkable thing, I'll have lost her forever. So like. Does he hate the soup so much that he'll do it anyway? Does he love his wife enough that he'll have this forbearance? It's a great fucking like mid- middle of the episode cliffhanger, and it all works because I think that the, you know Carl Urban and, and this lady have great chemistry, and they've carefully architected everything in the season to lead up to this moment—a real moment of truth for Butcher—and yeah. it it just keeps getting better from here. But yeah, I, I thought this was another incredible scene. And it's so subtle the way that they frame that too, because he just takes a look down at his cell phone, which we know is the thing that is, you know, part of this plan. They're going to be tracking that to find Ryan. He looks at it. Can he really do this? Decision time, you know? And that 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 look he comes away with after he promises and he's looking at the phone, he knows it. He knows he's lost the plot. He yeah. knows he's way too deep in the canary mine. But Maybe, but but will he keep going or not? I mean, it's but- butcher, right? We don't know. And yeah, that's, the guy that's who's the only way so out well. is through, right? Like that's his been his motto the whole time. So yeah, yeah, yep. Then we go to Kamiko and Frenchie. Kamiko's worrying uh, to Frenchie that she'll freeze up when she sees Stormfront and not be able to help with their plan. Frenchie tells her that she'll know what to do when the time comes. I also think it's cute how like he's a quick study with her. You know, like it's only been a day or two and he's already picked up enough to have a little bit of conversational language. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. I, I feel, Like I said, this uh, so many of the relationships in the show at the beginning of the season, I'm like, I don't know what to make of it. Like, you know, Hugh and Starlight don't buy it. Uh, Kamiko and Frenchie especially don't buy it. And, uh, you know, I was like, it's going to be really interesting to see if they turn they fucking turn the corners on all of them. 
So after they made Frenchie into a character, do. yeah, like they right, they needed knew to, so little about him. And I know I knew they only had eight episodes. I'm like, well, how are they going to do? Like they're, they're going to well, they're going to round out mothers. They're going to round out MM and Frenchie and Butcher and Huey and Starlight. Get the fuck out of here. They did it. They did it. Yeah, I'm on board anyway. Uh, somewhere somewhere between now and when they confront Stormfront uh, and kick her ass. Kamiko has taught Frenchie how to say how to sign both Nazi and Kitty, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would it would come up a lot in the discussions of Star- Stormfront, right? It, so. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure she doesn't have a sign for Stormfront, so just use Nazi. That's a good standard. Sure, sure. All right, Homelander's teaching Ryan to use his laser vision. Uh, it's not working. He tells him to imagine someone he hates, but Ryan doesn't hate anyone. And Stormfront tells him, look, there are bad guys out there who want to hurt us just because we're white and you need to be strong to protect us. Stormfront suddenly finds out that she's been outed as a Nazi and she flies off. Uh, I love that they're using the deep figurine as the target practice for Ryan's uh-huh. laser vision. <laughs> right, right. It uh, helps if you hate 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 him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really hate the deep. He's ridiculous. Um, but this is the scene where like Homelander started having to kind of like, uh, what white, white genocide, what, yeah. which is, this is a re this is the current white supremacist belief that they're trying to get people to buy into the fact that, you know, this, the, 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 the fix is in for white folks and the white race is going to be extinguished by them diluting our pure Aryan blood. I mean, Ha! Hmm. <sighs> this is yeah. It's like the South Park episode. This is what white supremacists actually believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, hey, if you if you want to fight about it, I'd love to. I fucking love to get. I'd love to wrestle some from some uh, proto Nazis over on Swizzbold.com for three right turns. It gets kind of gets dull in there with just all the, the <laughs> me talking to all the liberals. Sure. So if you want to fight, if you want to fight about it, I, I, I'll, I'll meet you over there. But yeah, it's it's uh, I'll, I'll, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, that's the thing. Like, right? Like, how the hell are white people going extinct? Yeah, uh, it's it's a fiction that that people are spinning. Yeah, yeah. And if and if and if we are, it's because we're all complicit with it. Because it's it's uh, you know you look at the heads of governments of the most powerful nations, and it's it's pretty it's it's a pretty consistent color. So I don't know. I can, think that's can, part of the plot, actually. Can we just fast forward hundreds, I don't know, a thousand years in human history when we'll all just be so mixed that you know it, what? none of this That's will matter the sad, and we'll all have That's to get along? the sad thing. That's the sad thing. If you look at any kind of like, you know, uh, mutt dog, a dog that's like not particular purebred, they're inevitably the sturdiest, hardiest, most genetically viable of any of uh, the 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 like you compare that to like the like a fucking german shepherd with its hip dysplasia or like a like a, a english bulldog with it can barely fucking breathe it's been twisted out of shape like we would probably ironically be way better and stronger as a species if we were this uniform kind of tan sure. the strongest of all the genes all together mm-hmm. like it's the it, it, jesus christ you could you could yeah anyway i i that said Swiss bowl, three right turns. We can talk about it. Yeah, inevitably, we'll get there. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. The first of the summer shows to hit our calendar begins next week, so it's time for us to talk about The Boys. Join us for the Season 4 Preview Podcast this Thursday to see if The Boys can continue to delight and disgust. 
This is normally where we tell you about what's going on with the latest Prestige podcast. Unfortunately, due to the very hectic nature of our summer lineup, we decided to move Prestige to an every other week release schedule. That means no Prestige podcast this week. We'll be back with more Prestige covered soon. Don't forget about the bear. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. We're just under a month to go until Badass Fest 6. Each year, we take the blockbuster month of July to celebrate the 80s and 90s action stars we grew up with. Big guns, big muscles, bigger explosions. If it's dumb, fun, and kicking ass, we love it. This year, we're inviting you to our hometown to watch a secret badass film with us. Afterwards, we'll record the podcast. Get your tickets and full event info at baldmove.com live. No hints about the movie, except we're pretty sure most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be a real crowd pleaser. Our neighborhood theater features a full bar, all your favorite snacks, and we'll be providing some custom movie-themed cocktails. It's happening Friday, June 21st at 7 p.m. right here in the Queen City, Cincinnati. Get full details and tickets now at baldmove.com live. And hey, if you'll be in town on Saturday and have an appetite for outdoor adventure, join Aaron on an optional side quest as he guides a group of intrepid bald move kayakers down our national scenic river, the Little Miami. Once again, get full details on all main and side quests and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live. All right, Frenchie and Kamiko set up a soup bomb and alert the others when they see Stormlander flying away. They spring into action at the same time that this story about Stormfront breaks. And Stormfront goes into Vought Tower where she gets a lot of stares and sees memes about her already spreading on the, the internet and the news. Uh, which one of the boys do you think made that animated song meme? It's got to be Huey, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. The, the I, She's a Nazi runner over with your car thing. I mean, I just figured that's like the, you know, uh, that's just the meme masters. Like, we, we've all... Uh, uh, the, the, the culture wars being being fought on the internet with memes for sure, and uh, both sides like I don't I'm not a fan of the both sides. Both sides have the meme memes a little bit of meme mastery. So yeah, yeah it doesn't surprise me that. Uh, but yeah, that was um, <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. I I get the impression that Huey made it because he's showing it on his cell phone to the rest of the boys and saying pretty funny, right? Oh, I, oh or okay. or or there's some truth to that. Or there's something like that. I I don't know. I got no, the no, no. I, I I remember the scene. I I can see that. I can see that. But I also love the like really frosty reception she's getting at because that's the other thing about these fucking neo Nazi white nationalists is every time they get outed they they have this they have this thing that like the the maj- silent majority is with them like every every American is really upset about all these issues. But inevitably, whenever they're outed, it's the opposite. They find out that they, they're fucking on an island by themselves because, like, yeah, there's a lot of people angry about a lot of issues. But, like, this kind of racism, yeah, not like the syst- systemic racism that, like, you know, we're fighting about now. But this kind of shit really doesn't have a constituency. It really doesn't. Yeah, this um, kind of racism you got to go out of your way to perpetuate. You you really do. You really do. You got to be. Yeah, yeah. And I I like that that aspect of it as well. 
that even like Homelander, who's super fucking racist, yeah, is like you. This is you're too far gone, lady, with this white genocide shit. Right. No, he just thinks that that black people are lazy. That, that's what he thinks. Yeah. Like, there's that scene yeah. earlier where he's like, "Oh, they'll they'll find him and they'll just sit around and." He doesn't even right. know. He doesn't even know what the end of that sentence is. Like, he can't envision a future yeah. where you know people have superpowers and they don't have to work for you yeah, know just to man, survive Homelander, and like. Homelander doesn't have black friends. He's got A Train, no. who he kind of fucking hates because you know he's not a Superman and he doesn't read like you know. Uh, black intelli- intelligentsia and stuff. He's yeah. He's like yeah. I don't think he reads, reads it's all at all. Davy Crockett. The last yeah. His cultural references are Davy fucking Crockett. What the hell does he know? Yeah. So the boys lure Homelander away from Ryan with a sonic bomb, and Butcher and Becca grab him. Homelander destroys the the pile of sonic devices and realizes something's up. Butcher decides not to go through with the Stan Edgar plan and tells Becca about it. And then uh, Vought. Vought Swat arrives at the cabin and they they call out Butcher, which Homelander hears. That's not good for him. And he demands mm-hmm. to know where his son is. Uh, Butcher says he he wants Becca and Ryan to leave without him because he's too toxic of an influence and convinces her to go. I'm going to stop it there. This continues very soon. Uh, but are the Vought Sonic devices like supposed to be Amazon Echo type? I think so, or thing? like a combination okay. of that and like the doc, the 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 Beats by Dre pills. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think it's 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 a combination of both of those things, just a big pile of them, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of Amazon poking fun of itself a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this the scene, um, with with Becca. You know, we we've debated. You know, I does Becca make Butcher better? Uh, and it seems like here, she does. You know, she's. I don't think he does this for anyone else. I don't think he gives up his plan. He probably just goes through with it, gets what he wants, um, like he always does. If it's anyone other than Becca. Hmm. Yeah. That he's 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 he is sacrificing himself here. He uh-huh. full well knows that the. You know, betraying Vought and Homeland. It's it's this is not something he's going to walk away from. And, and he's giving her up, right, to so that she can have the thing that she wants. That's that's right. That's self. Because he's got this. He's not. He's got this toxic. He's got this toxic mindset that like whatever his dad did to him has infected him, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't be. Ha- he'd be helpless to not infect his son with it, and he wants it to die with him. And he wants Becca to raise this kid right. And yeah. it is like it's all twisted and toxic, but it's 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 heroic and selfless. Um, and it's, it's Butcher being his, his best self, or at least I'm, I, we need him to be a hell of a lot better moving forward, but, uh, sure. No, I love it. I love it. And like the anguish and and the pain that, uh, he brings in these performances where we talk about Carl Urban a lot. I want to talk about Anthony Starr because when he walks in here and says, did I hear you mention Butcher and like shuts the door and then says, where is my son and gives this look. I mean, I I see this guy do this like half a dozen times in Banshee, and every single time it was like it, it was epic. The results, and this was no th- this was no different. Like him splitting that dude in half, and then screaming like roaring, "Where's my son?" He just crushes this fucking character, yeah, so hard. Um, and it just gets get, keeps getting better. Like the next time you see him, he comes out of his cabin just covered in brain matter and gore. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even have to show you to, 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 to make you think about what kind of 
last few minutes of life these guys had on Earth. Oh my God! Yeah. What an, it's Jesus. These guys are incredible. And then the continuation of this scene is is Becca, uh, not making it out. Stormfront lands, trashes her and MM's car, uh, with them in it. She calls Annie a lying slut over the photos of her. Uh, Kamiko laughs in her face, and then the soups fight. Uh, Maeve shows up, and then the girls get it done as they kick Stormfront's ass. Just, you know, literally have her down on the ground, wailing on her with uh, with kicks and and punches and su- superpowered kicks. I don't know. It's good. Yeah. Uh, she tucks and her tail like, and th- runs at the end of it. She has to. She's getting her ass kicked too much. Uh, I love... Man, there's this because like they hand and I I kept on thinking they're building to like Starlight being like this badass. Um, and when you hear the this person say, "Hey, Kraut," I thought this okay. Well, now I'm going to get the scene where Star, uh, Storm Starlight just beats the hell out of her with her super powered electrical mm-hmm. inner uh, power. Uh, but it's it's fucking Mave. <laughs> they just start all wailing on her yeah. where she just curled up in a ball. And they're oh god, it's. Yeah, I mean, we already we already blew our load on this scene in the the intro of the podcast, but good God, this I was uh this this was this was just pure good feeling watching. Uh, I thought this might have been the moment that we we're anticipating where Kamiko finally speaks. I thought she might have been the one who said, "Hey, Kraut," because oh, she's that laying been behind good her too, right, with yeah, her yeah, neck yeah. broken. Which you know, we should talk about that. I guess like what kills Kamiko if she can have her neck snapped and then just give right back up. She really generates that fast. I um I don't yeah, that was wild because I'm like, did they kill Kamiko? I I would buy it. Like the, you know, the boys is in that nice like Game of Thrones, the expanse space where I don't think that any major character is safe at any time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I, even like honestly, even Huey. Like, if they mm-hmm. killed Huey, like it wouldn't, it would be a huge moment, or they killed Butcher or Mother's Milk or Friend. Like, I, I I it's all within the show's envelope, which is I think the most fun to watch when you just you really don't know that anyone's safe. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, like when she her head like started to twist back into shape. I I I bet if you tore her head off, uh-huh, that would do it. Probably but if you just snapped the spinal cord and her brain still got some activity, it's she's yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of questions around that because we know we've, you know, we've seen, uh, what's his name, Gecko, um, who can regenerate limbs and stuff. But it seems to me like if a limb is lost, if there's that kind of catastrophic damage to most soups, they don't recover. Um, yeah. Like if you, if you, if you chopped off Gecko's head, would he grow back a whole body? I don't know. Maybe if you kept the head alive, but that's the thing. It's like, I, th- I think that's, yeah, like I, I buy that you snap a neck, you don't rip it off that you could probably regenerate from that. But um, yeah. I do have one problem because we've been sucking yep. this episode's dick the entire time. And I didn't even notice it through the second watch. How did, how, how did Queen Maeve get here? How did she know to get show up? I I don't know. Because that's the only the only fly in the ointment is she orders to like there was no like does she know their phone number does she know how to track them was she just following oh you know what she's mean she's mean mugging her hard in that scene of everybody being judgy of her at the tower because she flies there to the tower after she gets outed as a Nazi tries to do some damage control and flies back and I think goes right there so maybe she just tails her from there. How do you tail someone? If you can't fly, how do you tail someone going that can't, fast? Why do people think that Queen Maeve can't fly? 
because of the because the airplane the, the plane accident. Yeah, like Homelander has to carry her down, right? Would that have killed her if she'd stayed? I don't know if like, it would have killed I, her, I, but I think she would have crashed with the plane. Yeah. Hmm. I I assume that Queen Maeve could at least like fly like Golden Era Superman, like uh, leap tall building, like like Incredible Hulk kind of like just essentially like kind of. I, I think that's the way that. Um, Wonder Woman flies in the current DC film. She doesn't fly so much as she just like jumps and bounds this way and that. So it's not as fast as Stormfront, but she did get there, you know, five minutes later. So I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't think it's a huge hole, but it is like, yeah, you got to make a couple connections that they don't explicitly make for you. Okay. I had one other problem with this scene, which I thought you were going to Oh, mention. what's that? Uh, last episode, two, two episodes ago at the Sage Grove facility, uh, mm-hmm. make it a whole big deal when Huey's van gets flipped. You know, he gets this big shard of glass through him. They have the whole sure. thing that leads on right. from that. Here, Becca, totally fine. MM, totally fine. When their car goes flipping, I, I would say more catastrophically than the van did. It's got a five-star safety rating. Those side, <laughs> yeah, those side cushion airbags, man. You know, Ford Taurus or whatever they're driving. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're all buckled in. I I will say that that was a great scene too. Like Butcher doing the right thing and sacrificing, and having it turn to ash right in front of him. I mm-hmm. thought was and in the slow mo. It just this scene was great. Yeah, um, and then abandoning the fight um, that's about to ensue. Right, because we've seen time and time again the Butcher doesn't back down on soups. Uh, he'll stand sure. up to Black Noir. He'll go fight him one on one fist fighting uh but in this scenario when becca's potentially hurt he runs the other way right to go look Mm -hmm. to go help her right i thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. all right homelander killed everyone in that cabin and he's still pissed uh butcher tries yeah this is him coming out soaked in blood like ears ringing it's amazing amazing uh butcher tries to run with ryan and becca but stormfront stops them and she starts choking Becca to death. So Ryan finds finally someone he hates and blasts her with his laser vision. Uh, she gets Anakin Skywalkered. Unfortunately, he has also blasted Becca just a little bit, and she bleeds out. I have the same thing written in my notes. She got Anakin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, her dying words are to remind Butcher that Ryan is good and that Butcher promised he'd keep him safe. Uh, I, I, I saw this laser blast from Ryan coming. Not like super early, but definitely in this scene early. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it didn't. It didn't matter because it. it was still very, very good. And yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see Becca getting taken out though. Yeah, that was the tragedy. And he fucked up Stormfront. Is Stormfront dead? I don't. She's Anakin, but like I, I think she's. I wonder if she's going to get Vadered. Like she, okay, she's been Anakin Skywalker. Will she get Darth Vadered? Because they mention in the next scene at the news conference they are holding her in an undisclosed location, right? And right. she's not dead in and, this scene, so yeah, she might and, be back. Uh, yeah, the 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 way Billy screams at her dying, and like this this way, like I just think Carl Urban just puts in so much anguish. Um, and then when, you know, Carl Urban stands up with that tire iron and I'm like, is he going to beat Stormfront to death? And then I'm like, oh no, he's going to beat Ryan to death. He knows he's about to do something very bad. And then like Homelander shows up and that's the turn of the tide. That's when, like when Ryan like hides behind him and Butcher's just standing there at the, the tire iron or whatever, or the crowbar, that's. 
That's where he kind of rede- he finally pulls himself back squarely onto the side of angels, I guess. Um, and I think he does that because but, he knows, okay, he can go over there and he can beat Ryan with this tire iron and Ryan's going to kill him, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And what will that turn Ryan into? Well, that lands right in front of him. It literally lands right in front of him and he's forced to go, oh shit, I, I'm just sealing everyone's fates if I do this. And I'm not yeah, living I, up to my promise to Becca. Like, it's literally, it's the last thing he's got of her, right? Is this promise? He's yeah. he's willing to fight Homelander to the death at, afterward to to protect Ryan like he said he would. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hell of a scene and a hell of a performance from everybody. Is this guy, this guy, the showrunner, was, is Supernatural this fucking good? Because, like, the thing is, is I didn't know that the boys was capable of this. Yeah. I thought the boys was capable of being shocking and gross and juvenile. But this kind of, like, operatic shit, um, this 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 emotionally grounded stuff, I didn't know that it had this, it was it, it was this sneaky good. Yeah. Um, like, all this stuff connects. And it's, like, very, like you said, he was about to kill this kid. And then the, the future landed right in front of him. And... I, it, this thing works so well textually and subtextually. I just uh, this. What is this guy? Pritke. Um, I, I, I forget the guy's name. That's the showrunner. Uh, God, I mean, Supernatural has been running for like 17 seasons. It's, it's and I know like it's that. got a rabid cult following, but fuck, right. I'm gonna have to check it out. If it's half as if it's half as if it's half as smart and fun as the boys is. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to Homelander. Um... I, I, we, I don't know. We kind of already touched on all of this, um, but Homelander lands and beckons Ryan. Beckons Ryan to leave with him. Ryan uh, goes to Butcher's side instead. Homelander is going to kill Butcher, um, but Maeve intervenes and she tells Homelander that he's going to either let them go or she'll release this recovered plane video. Also, not just let them let him go, but uh, he'll stop hunting Starlight and leave her and Elena alone. And it works. Yeah, the, everyone will see you as the monster you are, and no one will love you ever again. And that yeah. he, he can't he can't cut off that supply, man. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing I didn't see. Like I, 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 they, they. I feel like that's the whole scene of him burning the whole crowd down is illustrating that he knows that he can make he can rule these people like a god. He's he 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 absolutely could, no doubt in his mind or anyone's mind. Yeah, but he doesn't want to. He wants the love. He wants the worship. He wants like I love how they that they put into the crowd noise chanting his name as he's thinking about it. Huh. Uh I didn't notice was, that. That's cool. And 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 on all, and also I thought that Anthony Starr sold the personal cost Homelander was paying emotionally to do this. Yeah. To demean himself like this, to call himself off. It was physically painful for him. Mm-hmm. Um which Jesus, like see God. <laughs> It's it's I I wouldn't have thought that you would leave season three thinking the Homelander is even more dangerous and unpredictable, but yeah I yeah they they did it they sure did. Uh, so we go to a news conference where Stan throws uh, Stormfront under the bus over the courtroom attack and claims that the deployment of Compound V is being postponed indefinitely. Homelander publicly welcomes Starlight back to the team and falls in line with a smile, but he's raging on the inside. Oh, I, I love how the the white noise just overwhelms his hearing, and his eyes—they just keep on zooming in. On uh, did yeah. you notice a whole, uh, the the starlight got her old costume back too? 
Oh, did she? No, I didn't notice. Yeah. Nice. She's back. She's she's out of her slutlight gear and she's into her starlight. It's nice. Yeah. It's uh good stuff. It's a, it's an in, it's going to be an interesting 7 next season. Mhm. Uh to to say the least. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So they've got 6, right? Well, Black Noir is out of the picture. Is he dead? No, he's he's uh, a vegetable he's is what they say, yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's comatose. Uh, so you got Black Noir, Asterix, mm-hmm. uh, Queen Maeve, Homelander, Starlight, uh, A-Train. Yep. I think Wait, that's that's, that's only five. Currently? Yeah, because Stormfront's out of the picture and Black Noir is out, out of the picture. picture. So, and, yeah. Well, the Deep's out of the picture. Yeah. yeah. Black Noir, I'm counting. But yeah, no, there's, there's, there, there's going to have to fill some... And uh, I don't know, like, yeah, what will they do? Because now, like, presumably V, uh, Compound V uh, release has been put on indefinite hold. So, mm-hmm. like, the super uh, hero versus villain project's been canceled. Like, what is the geopolitical shape of the world um, next year? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I want to see more of Stan Edgar because we just got just a taste of him this season. Oh, we will. Like, I, I, think, I think Stan Edgar is going to be a big part of next season if i'm there's gonna be like uh i want it to be like a cold war but for the fate of vaught between homelander and and stan edgar because they both know a hell of a lot more about each other now yeah and uh yeah i've got I, it's, it's gonna be interesting connective ideas um on how all this stuff might be working uh behind the scenes that we'll talk about here in a couple of scenes but yeah it'll be interesting so the head of the church meets with the deep and a train to say that he knows a train leaked the info about Stormfront, but he loved the firm anti-Nazi stance that he showed. And so he's back in the seven and the deep is out and a train is ecstatic. Uh, the deep is pissed off and toxic. And he says, fuck Fresca, which I think is him formally quitting the church. Right. And good for him because, <laughs> uh, you know, the way these cults work is when you're in this situation, the, the temptation to double down and, and swallow the bullshit and like, you know, sign yeah. up for the. Yeah, is is very strong. That's that's what they're conditioning to him breaking uh, him breaking free. It's unironically good. And I I I don't know what they do with his character because his character is just a, 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 a punching bag. Yeah, I like him. He's like one of the like little bits of uh, comic relief you get. But like. They, I wonder what they're going to do with him next season uh, that will keep him relevant because he's, you know, like, I, I don't want to see him, you know, doing the SeaWorld shit and getting drunk in Applebee's. I, I, I kind of want to see it. What is his arc? What is an interesting arc they can do with him? God, he'd be the best SeaWorld showrunner, though, wouldn't he? That's the thing. Like, he could fucking probably unironically turn SeaWorld's fortunes around. Yeah. Like, take some of this therapy he's gotten and, like, give it to Shamu and help these guys with the dorsal fin collapses and, mm-hmm. you know, them act. Yeah. It, That's probably, he probably views that as beneath him. That's probably, like, too. But he cares but deeply he? about these fish. Yeah, it's a thing. He yeah. does. He really does. They're his friends. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see him be as like an environmental warrior, kind of like uh, that. That 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 would be interesting too. Like he's like uh, super Greenpeace or something. Yeah, um, shepherding the world's oceans. There's a lot of things they could do with him, but I I am curious to see because I I think he's great. I think he's really he's really fun and uh, he's he's an undeniable part of what makes the boys work. Yeah. 
So Annie's wearing the the cross after seeing the hand of God at work, a.k.a. Butcher doing the right thing. Uh, She tells Huey that she has to take responsibility and uh, try to steer the Seven in a better direction, even though it's not safe for her. And Huey tells her that he needs to grow personally by not clinging to people and going off on his own. She mistakes that for a breakup, but he sets her straight immediately. And then she asks who he's talking about, if not her. Smash cut to Butcher talking to Ryan. Right. Very intentional cut there. Um, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, this is all kind of, um, you know, a denouement kind of material. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it. it. It's a, it's a nice moral message. Like, Hey, you know, is it safe? Is it, is it easy to to do the right thing? No. But what are you going to do? Let the assholes drive, you know, where that's, that car is going to go a couple miles down the road. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, they did the. I, I did think I actually was kind of excited for Huey to be like, I like you a lot, but I need to work on myself a lot. And I've made some interesting revelations and to be the kind of guy like I thought they were going to go full into like, you know, maybe sometime later. But right now I need to work on me and you need to work on you. Mm-hmm. And I was in for it. And then they they fucking pulled the punch at the last minute. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you can do both work on yourself and be with someone you like i don't know it's been said it's been said before yeah. uh sure uh but i i didn't hate it which means i've come i've turned the corner on the monster man i think yeah yeah <laughs> uh and it seems he's, like this he's, he's monster walked his way into my heart <laughs> it seems like this is going to be a new era of the boys which is to say maybe not the boys next season they're scattering to the winds um Butcher at the end, then into the next scene or whatever walks off uh, when he's offered a job. I, I don't know where he goes. Uh, MM goes home to his family. Uh, Huey and Starlight are still going to be together, but he goes off and gets a job in, in Newman's campaign. Like they're, they're casting them far and wide, I assume, to just, mm-hmm. you know, get the gang back together for the triumphant reunion tour sure. near the end of season three. But it's going to be an interesting the boys uh, group next season. Yeah, I imagine it's the the Congresswoman Newman is what's going to be the inciting incident. Um, but I, I thought the the also um, you know speaking of Carl Urban being great, the scene that he has with Ryan where he hands him the uh, the tag of Saint Christopher and says it you know your mom gave it to me and it kept me safe and I, that's that shit is really good. I actually was a little disappointed that he um, wasn't going to go with Ryan, but it's probably asking a lot of Butcher. I mean, I I think him walking away from the colonel putting the sunglasses on is essentially saying, oh yeah, he's going to be in the new, he's going to be in the boys version 2.0 now. Um, yeah, and I, I, I still think nothing has changed about the toxic influence that Butcher would provide for Ryan, right? I don't think he, he I don't think he can be this kid's father, but I, I don't know. I uh, Yeah, I think nothing has changed. Um, he's, he's willing to protect him and try and save him, but he can't be his dad. He might be, he might be a good uncle Billy though. Uh, if you see him once a year at like Thanksgiving and he is like, yeah, he can, let me tell you something about your mother, boy. Uh, If he can, if he can do something like, you know, deliver a a St. Christopher every single, you know, for, for major holidays, cookouts. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe, uh, he can spend some time. He needs to, he needs to go to mother, mother's, mother's milk's house. That's where mm-hmm. the real wholesome shit's going down. Absolutely. Uh, 
the, the, the Frenchie and Kimiko probably going to some crazy. Uh, they're still living in the the underground drug den and and doing doing jobs of ill repute. But yeah, but I, I think the the Marvin or Melvin, I can't remember his real name. I, I think he's got the the wholesome activity yeah. down pat. We get we him building dollhouses. Kind of talked about all all of this scene for the most part, except for the part where. Uh, Grace, you know, she she takes Ryan, but also she says the charges against the boys have been dropped entirely uh, and formally, I think, and then offers him, uh, you know, this position on the newly forming soup affairs uh, task force on the department that uh, is going to be run by Victoria Newman as the new czar. Uh, and and she is sneaking money unofficially through the back channels to Grace in order to form a team to, to monitor soup soups. Uh, this is super interesting in light of the final scene, I think, um, or, or no, the, the second to last and final scene where she blows up the head of the church leader. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. An office of soup affairs run by a soup is interesting. What could possibly go wrong? A secret soup. A secret soup without. And Um, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm half hoping that they make victoria newman a truly you know righteous upstanding congresswoman because i think our country needs more depictions of good politicians to set fucking yeah, I don't examples think that's i don't think so yeah. either i i'm i i almost guarantee they're not but i wish that we had more positive depictions of politicians I agree, but I do think they're going to hard both sides of like, you know, kids, the Nazis are bad, but you know who are bad too? The fucking socialists. And they're always at the bottom of every bad, you know, it's like just right. when you think. And, you know, because to the extent that, that, that this Congress of Newman is a Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stand in, to yep. the extent that AOC is a democratic socialist, I do think they're doing the whole like, you know, well, don't get too take. You know, don't don't get too taken with the moral crusaders to say they're only doing good and robbing from the rich and, and 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 giving to the poor because they're fucking crazy too. Which that's that's pretty nihilist, but um, you know, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll 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 be along for that exploration, sure. Because you know, it's 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 clear to see how that can go off that that ideology can go off the rails too. You know, you look at the history of China and Russia, Stalin and Mao are not exactly heroes. Yeah, so. It can definitely go dark places. Uh, I do wonder. I, I'm starting to like come around on some of your theories and, and wonder about like some things with Stan Edgar. So Stan Edgar's super smart. You know, I, I might be coming around on the theory that he's a superpowered uh, intelligence. Um, a guy like that, I don't think would be thwarted this easily. He doesn't put such a risky person into the limelight and into power without a contingency plan and i'm wondering if newman isn't that contingency plan because you see this on like uh we saw it on this week's episode of fargo that we just reviewed uh you see the underworld putting into power um a mayor in that particular case right and that is so that when the mayor gets into power they could trade favors with him uh he'll owe them and you could see Stan Edgar doing the exact same thing with Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Newman here. Uh, sure. If as a backup to, you know, if something goes wrong with Stormfront, here is where I have control. I don't actually need her. Um, and in that case, they would have been grooming this woman for what, 30 years? Like inject sure. her as a baby with these superpowers, 
um, have her clear the way through all the legal, uh, all the, the political channels that she needs to by blowing people's heads up. Yeah. I don't know. I could see it. And it, it would really amplify like Stan Edgar's involvement and intelligence in season three. Yeah. He's using the, the anti Vought crusader, um, for his own purposes. And yeah. I also think it's the, the, your point. Um, when I go back to that r- great scene between, uh, Edgar and butcher, um, butcher says something like, uh, you need Ryan cause he's a contingency plan. Edgar gave him nothing, no reaction at all. So, yeah. uh, and that, that could just be him playing poker face because that's his default rest. You know, like John Carroll Esposito, Esposito has resting poker face. Um, but it also could be kind of like him, like you're way off base, but I'm not going to let you know, like, you know, again, poker face. So yeah, you're right. Because that's the thing. It's like Ryan's a shitty countermeasure against Homelander um, because he's not. I mean, I imagine that Homelander would kick his ass if he had to right now. So mm-hmm. like, what's your hope is you're going to raise him right. And when he's 18 years old, he'll be good. And you're just trying to like keep Homelander under wraps enough to where you've got that. Like, whereas, you know, Congressman Newman's ready, ready right now. Yeah. And maybe could explode Homelander's head. Maybe. Yeah. I don't it's really interesting. Know. It's interesting to look at Homelander and Stormfront's performance at that hearing in light of knowing that they had no idea what was going on. Um, that, you know, yeah. it wasn't like they were panicky or concerned. It's more of just like, what the shit is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so yeah, why that's, would that's, she kill the, the leader of the church? What purpose does that serve except for Stan Edgar to go back on the deal that he's made with this church guy, right? Like, th- th- oh, there's shit. Some... You think he's going to go back on the whole deal? Like, A-Train's out? Oh, I, I don't know about A-Train being out, um, but but okay. the deal uh, to, like, I don't know, get a commission and get yeah, the church involved exempt. in Vought's yeah, business. Get... It's like... Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't want mixed up in any of that shit. That's toxic. Sure. Um, right. And so this is a you know nice clean although very messy way to bring that to an end. I don't know. I, I get the feeling, and like Homelander at the beginning says, "Oh yeah, this is all the work of Stan Edgar." I don't think he's wrong. I think Stan Edgar, mm. you know, had a hand in the courtroom stuff uh, because it puts it strikes more fear, you know, into the hearts of the public. Like, holy shit! If if they're not safe, no one's safe. We need soups to protect us. I I think that's all part of the plan. That's a good point. That's a good point because you're right. Homelander is not a is not an idiot. No. That's not his problem. He's actually very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, he underestimates people chronically, but he he's not an idiot. And he understands that kind of strategy. I think he doesn't understand like memes and this new age of like social media sure. and stuff. But he does understand like basic strategy, and he's pretty adept at navigating that stuff. It's interesting to see how he navigates his brand. Uh. Is he able to like dial back to racism, you know, dial to like seven or eight from 11 and like still maintain that kind of, well, you know, anti foreigner, anti. I, I yeah. wonder if that will still be part of his brand and just divorcing from, you know, blaming everything on Stormfront. Oh, she fooled us all, you know. Uh, I, I wonder if he can continue part of that because uh, in the next season. I don't know. Only it's wild because like it, 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 uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how they advance the world building and whatnot next, next year. Um, because you know, the world keeps serving up craziness too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Like, we'll we'll have a plague, uh, some kind of super plague going on next year. Um, <laughs> you uh, know, what, what will they rip from the headlines, you know? 
It would also be super interesting if if Newman is understanding Edgar's thumb because now she's running the soup affairs team and there's dark money being funneled to her. It's yeah. it's possible that money is coming directly from Stan Edgar and it never even hits the sure. government. And now they're funding yeah. a government team off the books with Stan Edgar's money and man, that gets his hooks in deep, right? I don't yeah, know. it's like it's 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 like uh, finding out that Al Capone was running Elliot Ness the whole time. I, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's some fucking six-dimensional chess he's playing. If if he's a super smart, super intelligent supervillain, maybe. Uh, But I came up with so it can't be that smart. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so the church leader's head explodes. um, All that stuff, you know, turns out it was Congresswoman Congresswoman Newman uh, who was exploding the heads. And then Huey goes to her office, uh, her campaign headquarters, to help fight Vought legally, and she agrees to give him a job. Does this mean that Cindy was just a red herring the whole time? Yeah. I mean, I guess she's still out there and she's still got that. She power, is out there. So that's, that's another one of those hooks. I don't know if they're going to hang anything on, but like that, I guess that feels like it's much more a dangling, actively baited and bobbered hook than some of the others. Yeah. Because they, they, you know, it was like the, the hammer at the end of one of those episodes. So, mm-hmm. um, maybe we'll see if we'll she see more. shows up and they'll just have the head squashing battle. Uh, see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, head squasher versus the whole body squasher. Uh-huh. Who wins? <laughs> Who wins? I don't know. We'll see. And I do like the they ended with the Billy Joel. Yeah, he's been a big part. Uh, did we talk about this on the podcast that that the connection between Billy Joel's Stormfront album and this season and the fact that Stormfront's on? Like I, I, think I like so. how they I I like how they tied the Billy Joel into um, Huey's plot. You know more intimately but yeah. like i also just got a kick out of all the billy joel's classics they're spinning to you know he's got some good songs give him that he does the man the the piano man can 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 sing a song turns out and that's it for the episode that is the end of the episode uh jim and i just made a command decision that we will be back next week to have a season two wrap up it seems like there's enough open questions about uh, what's going to happen with the world and what shape is next season going to take place and who knows what kind of feedback we're going to get uh I, I feel like there'll be enough to have at least one one good episode where we we put this thing to bed until next year um but we will be back next week please send in all that feedback to dhs at baldmove.com Love to consider it. Uh, We'll see you back here next week. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you then.